guys, welcome back to episode 38. I am Nicole Escobar, and as always, I have mental health counselor here with me, Kristen Torres. Hey, Kristen, how are you doing? Hey, Nicole. Just a reminder to everyone that um, our podcasts are for educational purposes only. Since we, a lot of you guys, we don't even know, this definitely does not constitute advice or take the place of advice from your doctor or your therapist. So we want to make sure that that you're uh, getting advice from the people who know your whole story. So, but we're glad you're here. Yes, absolutely. Okay. In this episode, we will be looking at how we let go of feelings of shame and guilt related to being sexually abused. So Kristen, speak into this a little bit more. How does shame and guilt affect a survivor's journey, especially when they have been hiding their abuse for such a long time, if that's their case, and maybe now's the time that they want to come forward and start the healing process. How can shame affect that? Oh yeah. I think one of the things that happens um, when someone has been abused is that there is shame almost like inserted in to the whole thing. That's part of the manipulation I think of abuse is turning it on all onto the victim that it was somehow their fault. That's the message that's like infused along with the abuse, which also then of course shuts the person down, right? And that's why this turns into something um, many times that is hidden and shameful um, so that the abuse can continue. Mm -hmm. The person who actually is the abuser doesn't um, have to take responsibility. So it's all on the victim. And so therefore, if you're ashamed, if you're feeling shame and guilt, then again, you're going to shut down. You're going to lose your voice in that whole process. And that's a lot of times part of, of the abuse. And then if we do that, then we don't get help. So I know we're going to unpack this more as we go along. So yeah, it's a big part of, of the whole thing. Yeah, that's great feedback. So I think the first thing we want to do is let's define what actually shame is and what guilt is. So first, shame is the feeling of humiliating disgrace of being violated. Shame is about personhood. Shame is a natural response to feeling uncovered or exposed. Guilt, on the other hand, is the feeling that you did something wrong. Guilt is about behavior. Victims must let go of responsibility of their abuse and for the guilt that they feel. Both the responsibility and the guilt belong to the person who committed the offense and the crime. So when I think of shame, you know, shame is a feeling of being disgraced, that you are somehow no longer worthy or never were worthy of respect. A lot of times those are the messages that we get from being violated. It's like no one out there respects you. So I deserve this. I deserve to treat you this way. What I just what I want matters or is more important than what you want. That's what the message the person, the victim hears. Right. So shame will constantly tell you you are bad and guilt is the feeling that you did something wrong so you may carry a false sense of guilt caused by the burden of knowing that sexual abuse was committed against you and that somehow it's been communicated to you or you've been thinking that somehow you're responsible but you're not it's a false sense of guilt the person who should have that guilt and that feeling is the abuser not you Shame will keep a victim of sexual abuse quiet. And that is a lot of times what we tell victims is shame is the perpetuator of your abuse. It will keep you shackled. It will keep you as a victim. It will keep you in that place where you can never 
or, or you don't feel free or, or you don't feel the courage to move forward and to get the healing that you need. And that's why breaking the messages of shame, the false messages in our mind is so important and that we need to overcome these, these false messages of shame because yeah. they're not our responsibility. Yep. Absolutely. And I think too, I think it's important to point out here also that, um, and the difference with, we have the shame and the guilt, right? I, I think I've said before that um, a real simple way I heard it, the difference is guilt is I did something wrong, whereas shame is I am something wrong. You know, just like you were describing, shame has to do with the personhood. So guilt actually can be a healthy emotion. We need to feel guilt. That's part of what makes us human and alive is to be able to feel guilty when we actually have done something wrong. When it's false guilt though, and we have done nothing wrong, just like when you're the victim of abuse, you haven't done something wrong. This was not your fault, regardless of the story of it. The abuse that happened to you was not your fault. Um, and so we have guilt again, that, that is a healthy emotion when it's appropriate, when you actually have done something wrong, whereas shame is just never a healthy emotion. Right. It's, and it keeps you locked in. So, yeah, actually, that was going to be my next question to you. Is there ever a good time for shame to come into our lives? Because um, I have always known shame to be the most of the negative of emotions. Like you don't want shame at all. You don't, you, cause we feel it like, it's almost like walking out of your house naked. Like you feel an instant sense of like exposed and people are making fun of you, but guilt can actually help you to become better if it, if it doesn't turn into condemn, condemnation, right? Like it can perpetuate a better behavior. Absolutely. Particularly in the case that we have actually done something wrong. Again, that's what makes you human, right? When we talk about someone who has no sense of guilt or no sense of right or wrong, then that's, you know, that's a pretend, potentially very serious, um, like personality issue. Okay. When that, that makes you, mm, yeah, I want to be careful in how I, how I describe that, but it's, um, again, guilt is a healthy emotion when it's appropriate, meaning you actually have done something wrong. A lot of times though, we can get guilt kind of twisted up when it's false guilt. Like you've already talked about, you actually have done nothing wrong, but you feel guilty for it. You know, kind of like when you, let's do a real simple example. You put a boundary in place and you tell someone no on something, you know, you're not comfortable with something or you don't want to do something, even if it's as simple as like, go get coffee. Like, nope, not going to work for me, can't do it, or you don't even want to be around that person. And then you feel this, after you have said no, you feel this sense of guilt. In actuality, have you done something wrong in that situation to feel guilty about? Probably not. You just actually, you were truthful about not wanting to go. Um, but, you know, that false guilt comes in for a lot of reasons. So again, guilt is a healthy emotion um, when it's appropriate, when you actually have done something wrong and it can motivate change, repentance, um, asking for forgiveness, you know, um, whereas shame, I don't ever, what I would say about that is I don't know that there's ever a, um, it's not a healthy emotion. However, there's times when we feel that and what is important and is okay is to acknowledge if that's the way that we feel, because the only way we can work through it is if we actually name it. Right. So that I think is what, what is important because my only concern with like saying like shame is the worst thing ever. You never, ever want to feel that. Well, in reality, sometimes we feel that. So it's 
always okay to acknowledge, in my opinion, always okay to acknowledge how we feel because that's sometimes the only way it can be changed. Right. I sometimes, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I sometimes like to, when I'm in a situation where I feel shame, I like to let that person know, like, I feel ashamed. And I feel like that word is such a strong word that sometimes people don't recognize that, you know, strong people can feel that sense sometimes and can feel that negative emotion. So some, it's good sometimes to tell people like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling shameful for this. And those are maybe the only times that it's good to talk through it and talk about it and navigate or investigate more. Like I would say if somebody feels a sense of shame and they recognize that it's shame, maybe that's a a cue to get healing, to talk to somebody, get a counselor, start navigating and start exploring what's been going on and how, where did the root of this come from and where do we go from here? Absolutely. And well, and I would even say to you um, that I don't even know that I would categorize emotions as good or bad Hmm. because emotions are emotions is, is more so what I would say. It's just, is it, um, is it healthy or not healthy? maybe a better way to approach it. But even with, if we call shame not healthy, it doesn't mean that we have to be ashamed for feeling that way. And I think that's, what's really important because I think as soon as we kind of put those tags and like, this is a good emotion, this is a bad emotion. Then again, ironically, that causes us shame. That causes us to retreat, right. And deny that we're feeling whatever way we're feeling. Whereas emotions, I don't think they're, they're necessary. I don't think they're good or bad. They're just emotions. They're messengers. That's a good way to look at it. I like that a lot, actually. Okay. So just a few more things on this is, you know, again, shame is about personhood. It is related to the lie that I must be a terrible person for him or her to have done this to me. Guilt is about behavior. So in our book, we have three lies that we use throughout the entire curriculum when we walk people through healing. And lie number one is I must be a terrible person for this to have been done to me. And lie number three is it's my fault. So remember, guilt is about behavior. It's related and connected to that lie, which is it's my fault, which is a false. It's not true. It's a lie. And every for every victim to overcome same messages and lies and false beliefs, it's really important that on that road to healing, and one of the steps that a victim or survivor takes on is telling somebody their story Mm -hmm. or writing it out and making sure they put a voice to what has happened to them. It was the most empowering step in my healing journey. And it released me from shame. And when it was done with the right person, that person was able to guide me through and tell me, Nicole, that is a lie. You have, you have been believing a lie. You did nothing wrong. That is not on you. That is not your fault. You do not need to feel shame. And it was like, for the very first time I was free, I was free. I I was able to breathe. It was such a breath of fresh air carrying shame for so long can feel so overwhelming. It is like, I have some friends who right now, when I go out with them, they're like, they have mentioned to me, you're so like risk taking now. You're so like, 
you know, you do crazy things, like good things, but like, you're just like, you're sure. doing all the cool things. And I, I try to explain to them, but a lot of times they don't get it. It's not just because I'm married to a supportive person. It's because I have put away a lot of the baggage that I had carried up until I, w- I dealt with this abuse. I Can felt I that even. Yes. Okay. I want to just say, I, I don't even think it's a matter of putting it away as much as you have taken it off. Taking it off. You're no longer carrying it. Like you're not storing it for a rainy day. You are no longer carrying it. You're free. That's what you're describing. That's right. Exactly. Great correction. That's right. <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm like, and you still can be free. Like I want my friends and my, and the people around me to understand, like, if you're empowered or if you're excited about anything that you see in me, it's because I've done the hard work. I've worked through a lot of this stuff. That's right. I've taken off a lot of this stuff and shame being the most debilitating one of those factors that was in my life. Mm. And now because I don't necessarily have shame in my life about this, I can see more clearly. And I have now a clear, direct, like target where I want to hit certain things in my life. And I'm able to do that without a clouded mind, without a burdened mind. And, and a lot also I'm going to add is a lot of prayer and, and shifting things over to God and leaning into him and asking him to, when I start to feel ashamed again about certain things, because it will always come back up as in, I have like this big event coming up on Monday and I walked the property to prepare and just to explore the space to see, you know, so I have my, you know, bearings of what's going on. And when I walked in, the minute I walked in, I was like, not one of these people gives a rip about what your story, your story is so weak. Like, oh my God. So I instantly started to feel like, like I almost need to make up some crazy story to like come in here and get respect. And then I was like, no, 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 no. That is not what's happening. (laughs) You are going to walk loud and proud. Obviously, you don't love your story in that way. Like you wish you could turn back time and not have had it. But at the same time, if my story can give life to somebody and set someone else free, who cares? Like it's what it is. And so just going back to sharing our story is like, I never thought in a million years I'd be sharing this in front of a group of, you know, exploited youth who one day or who might have already been going through something horrible and just need to know that they're not alone because no one else had the courage in that maybe in their life to say, I was a survivor. I am a survivor of sexual abuse. And here's my story. And I no longer feel shame from it. And they need, like, we need to, we need to give hope to people. And Mm. that's how we do it. And maybe not everyone is ready to share their story, but, and that's why we suggest telling just like a friend or a counselor or just writing it in your journal, but finding your voice in your story. I think that's so beautiful. And I think, you know, but something that stuck out to me too, Nicole, is the fact that you still experienced a moment of shame when you were walking around that property, right? And you recognized it and you spoke truth back over it. I think it's so important for people to hear because we've talked about this before, right? The change. We talked about change like some podcasts back, episodes back. Um, And we were talking about 
I was reminding people or we were reminding people that um, sometimes um, change involves steps backwards and you feel like, oh my gosh, have I lost all the changes happened? Look, nothing actually really changed. Look where I am again. It's the same thing. No, 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 no. That's lies, lies, lies. Um, so much of the change process is not ex- perfectly linear. If we're going to have those back steps for a moment, we just have to remind ourselves that we know differently now and then step back over to that new path that we have in our brains. And that's exactly what you did. That was not a going backwards at all. That was just almost like a reinforcing of what you knew to be true. So because no one arrives, none of us like arrive and like perfectly, you know, never experience one second of shame again in our lives. No, but you, it's, it's just awesome to hear what you, what you shared. And what's funny is that I was trying to think as I was leaving, I was, I was like, I, I was aware of what I had done there. And I was trying to remember if in the past, what would I have done? Like if I had that emotion, if I would have been so like correcting of my feeling and reminding myself of the truth, um, maybe, but I was trying to remember another time where I had a similar experience and I, I was having a panic attack in the bathroom and I had the girl who was assisting me at the time. She was like, deep breath, deep breath. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And then she was like, I needed her in that moment to say, are you kidding me? Like you're Nicole Escobar. You got this. And so, you know, it's funny how I, now two years later, I'm I'm still doing same type of presentations, but this time I don't have that girlfriend with me to get that out of boy, you know, to be that cheerleader for me. I had to be my own cheerleader in that moment, and you know, no big deal is what I, it's it is what it is, and you have to sometimes do that to yourself. You have to champion yourself yeah. and be excited and say, "Look, we got this. Yeah. We've overcome." Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So I uh, pulled a quote from the Shelter from the Storm curriculum that we use at Trees of Hope, and I thought it was just a really great summary of what shame is. And I wanted to read it to you guys. Shame is a natural response to feeling uncovered or exposed. During the abuse, your body was probably uncovered, but there was also an uncovering of your mind. Your sense of innocence was destroyed and trust was lost. Innocence and trust must be restored. Survivors of of abuse are left with frustrated hopes and plans. Dreams of having a healthy relationship with maybe a father, a mate, a mother, a brother, or a child have been what feels like demolished in their minds. The abuse leaves victims believing that they are insignificant, of no account, and no good. And as you become aware of and overcome shame messages. These messages will have less power over you. Through strong connections with genuine people and empathy for yourself, you can overcome messages of shame. And I have a great quote from Dr. Brené Brown, who talks a lot about shame in a lot of her books. We've talked about her many times before. If you don't know who she is, look her up. She's amazing. Um, But the quote is, if you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three things to grow exponentially, secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in a Petri dish and dose it with empathy, it can't survive. So one of the takeaways I hope you receive from this episode is give yourself empathy for what you have gone through, appropriate shame, I mean, appropriate um, 
placement of the harm and the guilt and the action should be on the perpetrator and not you. And every time these messages come into your mind, try to fight them. And we have nine tips or just ideas that we have used here in our curriculum that could help you in overcoming shame messages. So we're going to walk through them kind of quickly uh, just because they are tips and ideas. Um, and, you know, Kristen, always feel like you can add feedback here on any of these. So the first one is try expressive writing. Um, you know, for me, expressive writing is extremely powerful. When I was growing up, I always wrote in a journal and it's giving yourself a place to share your thoughts, your ideas, and be completely vulnerable with yourself. Another one is memorize positive affirmations and use them daily. The reality is the only way to combat negative thoughts is by telling yourself truth. So, you know, if you can't find positive affirmations that will empower you, I always go back to our curriculum. We have amazing affirmations that are we provide for uh, each participant every week. We have beautifully designed cards that you can use, and I highly recommend them. They are biblical. They are not just, you know, trying to fluff you up and get you feeling better about yourself. They have, they have a point. <laughs> they have a, an end goal to point you and direct you to Jesus Christ, but at the same time to remind you who you are in Christ and to help you to let go of these negative thoughts that want to keep you stuck and keep you, you know, in the shame Petri dish that you don't want to be in anymore. Yep. Another one is to meditate. I have found so much empathy for myself, so much patience for myself and others through taking just five minutes every morning and just meditating on the word of God um, I have shared with you guys before, there's an awesome app. It's called Abide. It basically takes a concept and it walks you through five minutes. You can do five minutes, two minutes, 15 minutes, depending on whatever your day allows. And it is the most empowering. I find myself every day. I mean, I'm not definitely saying this to try to like toot my own horn, but every day I am literally in tears of how aware and how amazing God is and how unamazing I am, you know, and just like how humble yeah. it's, it, it humbles me so much. And I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm in desperate need of Jesus Christ. I'm, I am aware that I need his daily grace, his daily walking, his daily holding my hand. And so a lot of times we don't know what to pray. A lot of times we don't know what to say. And we don't want to get caught in just sitting there and thinking about like positive things. Like that's not going to do you anything. You need something that's actually going to point you in the right direction in the way of, you know, who you are, who your identity is. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. That's really good, Nicole. And I, so I think it's, it's what we're talking about ultimately, I believe is just um, more of God, less of us. Yes. I was actually one of the, one of the things that was the prayers was let me decrease and let you increase. And that is kind of like the heart behind what, what I was just saying is yeah. 
you know, we don't think about that daily when we're driving in our car and like somebody cuts us off. We don't think of let me decrease and let you increase. But when you have like a guided meditation and it's something about it because it is Holy Spirit driven, it absolutely is. And and it will come into your mind in the most random moments when you need it the most. And a lot of times we need a guide. We need somebody to guide us through prayers. We need somebody to guide us through things to ask God for and when to ask them. And I mean, I've been a Christian for over 16, 17 years, and I still need sometimes help when it comes to what should I pray right now? Like, who should I be praying for? Not just myself, you know, because and that's one of the other things that this guided prayer helped is it's like, you know, one of the things was, is have you offended somebody lately? And I was like, I'm not in the mood to think about that right now. And then as the thing went on and it was the full, the full five minutes, I had a list of people that I needed. I was like, dear God, I'm so sorry. I, yes, I absolutely offended that person. I remember that moment I said that and you know, those types of things. And it's really, really good to get our minds off ourselves, especially when we're survivors, because a lot of times we can get overwhelmed with our own emotions and feelings and get really self-absorbed. Yeah. And so it's, it really, it's what it sounds like is it really helps you. Um, yeah. It helps you focus and really reflect. It yeah. slows you down to enough to be able to really, yeah. Focus and reflect. And what you're talking about are verses like that one about he must increase, but I must decrease. That's John three thirty. Love. I always love that verse. I, I hate it, but love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good though okay so the next one is forgive I know when we make that statement it's like come on it's not as easy as it does as it is just coming out of our mouths but as you work through healing and I'm sure you as a counselor can speak more into this but forgiveness is a important step in the healing journey and it may be something that you revisit consistently you know I I say I I think I told this story one time I thought I forgive I thought I forgave a boss who sexually harassed me then I was out and the bot the ex-boss walked past me and I like literally almost body slammed him to the floor like because I I had so much anger when I saw him Mm. years later I see him again actually it was basically like maybe a year ago I literally was like, hey, and just kept walking. I was shocked that I did that. I was like, whoa. Because, you know, my first, it showed me progress had happened. Like, I'm not so angry anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's a really, really, um, yeah, important part of things. And that's a lot where a lot of freedom lies is in forgiveness. But I think what we, just the encouragement is that um, it is super, human to be able to forgive a lot of things you know for some of you guys you may you know any of us right who may have a part of your story that's like how could I ever forgive it is supernatural and that's where we need you know and that's where I think God just can come in if we really ask him for that and help us to do that because we need it there are things that are very much practically unforgivable so Yeah. I mean, I still like, I don't, I don't sit here trying to act like, you know, in any way that I've got this down. Cause again, I still have a list of people that I am struggling to forgive. 
And on Monday, I was like, dear God, I want to forgive them. And I do forgive them. Tuesday rolled around and I hear their name and I'm like, you know, frustrated all over again. So it's a process and it is one of the things that I have tried to do myself and I encourage you to do is when you think of it, say just a simple prayer. God, please show me how to forgive this person. I don't know how to right now. Absolutely. That's beautiful. It's honest, you know? So yeah. I love it. Once from us is a broken and contrite spirit, which means that we bring things to him and say, God, please help me here. Yeah. I have it all together. Yeah. And I promise you, he meets you when you come with humility like that. He'll, that request will eventually come. I don't know how it will, but that request will come. Amen. Um, the next one is, if you can, this one's a hard one. And this is really what we've been talking about the whole time is separate what happened to you from who you are. You know, you are a person that has a lot of great and wonderful qualities. You were made and created beautiful inside and out, no matter what you think of yourself, no matter what you don't like about your nose, your hair, whatever. You are beautiful. You are beautiful inside and out, not just out like the outer appearance fades, but the inside is also extremely beautiful and extraordinary. And instead of saying words like, you know, I did something bad. This is why this happened to me, which again is a lie. You got to replace those with something bad happened to me that I had no control over. And I promise you, if you practice those small things in everyday life, like, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be, it could be something to do with homework. It could be something to do with work. Um, maybe nothing to do with sexual abuse. It could be a barista, Starbucks, you know, major coffee wrong. And, you know, it frustrates you. And you can think like, oh, well, they did this on purpose to me because I'm, you know, not a good person or I've done these bad things. Trust me, these thoughts have crossed my mind. So <laughs> if they have you, I'm in this with you. Mm. But it's correcting it and saying, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. You know, something bad happened to me. I have no control over that situation. I, I couldn't have changed the outcome, even if I tried. Right. Um, yeah. And I think this is, this is, I think, another really important part of um, the healing process. So I'm glad you brought it up. And I think um, I want to acknowledge too, I think like we've been the whole time, just some of these things are just so hard, you know, I mean, we can tell someone that it's, it's, we can objectively say from the outside, it is not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. But actually believing that for some people, it's just takes a lifetime. And to be clear, I'm not predicting that that's going to be for every single person that it's just get ready. It's going to take a lifetime. But I, but just know that if this has been one of the things that people have said to you in the past, well, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And you just, there's no, you, you hit a wall. Like you can't believe that. Like that is a, that is actually kind of normal. Um, especially for trauma for like that to be very hard to penetrate that belief that no, somehow this is my fault. And I think a big part of that is, is just that acknowledgement that, wow, I was so powerless in this. And that's a very scary thing to acknowledge too, because somehow if it was my fault in some way, shape or form, then I had some level of power in this, but to completely realize that it was not my fault, then I really didn't have power in this. 
And that can be a very scary thing to, to acknowledge. But again, like we've already talked about talking through this with someone that you trust and who's safe, you know, um, this can be worked through as well and healing can happen. Yep, absolutely. And that actually brings us to our last option and tip, which is seek out supportive friendships. My life has been enriched beyond by surrounding myself with people who do not have the same thinking, thinking, toxic thinking that I do. And that is, and it's humbling myself before them when I'm talking about certain things, not hiding certain things, being open and honest and allowing, you know, them to speak into my life, be good friends to me and allowing me to be a good friend back to them. And a lot of times we don't seek out good friendships because we tell ourselves we don't deserve a good or we don't deserve, you know, to have good people around us. And remember, that is a lie. You know, it is 100% a lie. I have a girlfriend that I always am like, how come you didn't reach out? Like, I know you were going through something because when we meet up finally, it's kind of like overload of this type of like, you know, all these horrible things are happening. I'm like, why didn't you reach out? And I could tell there's a sense of like, why didn't think anybody cared? And I'm like, that breaks my heart to think that you think that. Don't ever think that. Like, I don't care if it's midnight. You call me. You know, but that's something that we have to change in our mind is that we deserve, we have to tell ourselves we deserve friends. We deserve yeah. to have support. And we have to allow ourselves to pursue fulfilling relationships with people who care about our well-being and who want to make a who you know want to make a uh, positive impact in your life you need to sometimes seek those out as hard as that is yeah. um putting yourself out there and saying will you be my friends you know I have a young girl who I used to mentor way 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 back in the day and she had been reaching out to me and I was like wow this is she's coming on strong like and then I asked her I said you know what's up like what's been going on and she's like I desperately need a good friend. Like I need a mentor in my life and God put you on my heart. And I was thinking, wow, like that is like, nobody does that. And nobody is that honest and truthful. And I love that when somebody just is vulnerable with you, you know, and so just by doing that, and if we can let our, let our vulnerabilities come out and, and be honest with our friends. And it's, you never know, it could benefit them too. Yeah. Your, and, and me just hanging out with this young lady for one day, I learned so much about myself mm. through her pain and what, cause like I had to have responses, right? Like she needed something cause she was asking me for, you know, my feedback. And I was like, wow, I needed to be spiritually prepared for this. And I needed to be very prepared as in like God has equipped me for many years to walk through something very similar to her and being open and honest about what I had learned and what, where God has taken my journey and just being open with her. It's not always easy. I'm not going to, you know, and those types of things. So anyways, it was just a really awesome thing. And I realized, wow, like this is, this is exactly what we preach here. (laughs) 
you know, yeah. being vulnerable and being open and honest with each other and just saying how you really feel and saying like, when you need a friend, you need a friend, period. Yeah. And asking for what, well, and what she did is ask for what she needed, which is so important, which a lot of times we're not necessarily in, um, con- we're not in, uh, what is it? I'm losing the, the word, but um, like, we're not aware of, mm. you know, sometimes, especially as victims of abuse, sometimes you really shut down your needs because if you're feeling shameful about the abuse, you're feeling shameful, likely overall. And so your needs are also part of what are shut down. So if you can allow yourself a little space to identify, I just need a friend. I just need some support. Um, it can be a beautiful thing. I know it's not always reciprocated. There are times when people will drop, like will not fulfill the need or some uh, or something. But my encouragement, our encouragement would be not to give up on asking for what you need. Yes, so true. Um, okay, so I just want to leave you guys with a couple of last statements. This is also from our book. Um, just again, if you can, we have an amazing curriculum that we have poured our heart and soul into is written by doctors, uh, psychiatrists. It is amazing content, amazing experience altogether. And a lot of, um, I, as I, you know, share with you guys often, I mean, I go through this book constantly because I take content from it to share with you all, but also I go through it because I have found that I am teaching it often. And every time I walk through it, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was there the first time. Like that was really good. So um, a couple of the statements that were in the book is carrying the dark secret of your abuse gives shame and guilt the power to torment you and secrecy isolates you. So when we talk about shame and we talk about, you know, being vulnerable with people, just ask yourself the question, like, what is, is this abuse that I've been carrying for this long? Is this keeping me isolated from Mm -hmm. having genuine connections with other people? Speaking up about your abuse, telling a trusted friend or telling a counselor will dilute and destroy the strength that the memories have, that the memories of the abuse have over you. It will also break the bondage of shame and guilt. So I know it sounds much simpler said than done as a lot of these things are, but I promise you, if you have held in your story um, for many years, If I can just give you one encouragement to tell somebody, just sit them down, take them out to coffee, uh, go for a walk and just say, hey, I just want to share something with you. And I would love it if you just listened. And I promise you, even if you're shaking and and, Mm. you know, can't get it out and it sounds ridiculous, the sentences don't go and the timeline isn't right and it's all over the place. Don't worry about any of that. Worry about the fact that you're getting something off your chest and you're breaking through this shame and guilt because that is what we truly need to overcome here. And that's why we're doing this episode because we want you to overcome. We want you to be set free. And bringing it out into the light helps that to be able to happen because that's what you're doing. Shame keeps everything in the dark, just like that Brene Brown um, quote you said, you know, the Petri dish, you know, what shame needs to continue festering. Um, but once you bring it out into the light, it's like, it can no longer, it's not a secret anymore. It doesn't fester in the dark. It can actually heal. Yep. Amen. 
Okay, so that wraps up our episode. I just want to thank you guys again for always joining us. I've been getting text messages, DMs, people chatting me just saying like great episodes. We're loving them. Thank you so much. So I just want to thank you. Um, We would not be here if it wasn't for listeners like you. And I see who's listening. I don't get to see your emails or anything like that, but I see the amount of people that we have listening. It just really, really, it, it empowers us. It makes us excited. It gives us a passion to do these and it's truly an honor. Um, but I also want to mention that if you do enjoy these episodes and you think someone in your life may benefit from them, please share them. Please make a comment on our, um, any one of the areas where we have podcasts, you could do it. Like for instance, on Apple podcast, if you make a comment a lot of times what happens is we get to be more visible for others to see us. And so when more likes, more comments, more feedback, if we get to grow, that means more people hear our podcast that wouldn't normally see us. Um, that other podcasts may you know, override us because they're getting more visibility. So anyways, I guess I'm saying the greatest gift you can give back to us is a five star or a positive comment. So anyways, we love you guys. We thank you so much for listening and we will see you next month for episode 39. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.